The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Balcata spectacularly shut up shop as Sterling slide starts to seem unstoppable while we see a sumptuous selection of strikes from Sorrento's Gustavo. Anisha Brooking sets the stage for a pair of hat-tricks from Anna Powell and Tanika Lala from the NTC. And there's an idiot in the Sunday league that attacks the referee. Colour me utterly unsurprised on the Perth Football Podcast. And welcome back to the Perth Football Podcast. Welcome back if you're a returning listener. Welcome for the first time. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, it's lovely to have you joining us. Thank you. Uh, I'm Sean Fry. I'll be your host for the evening. We are also joined by a man who is known by the people in this room as the greatest man, Josh Chiat. I've uh, I've picked up the moniker in the last 10 minutes from Sean Fryer, so I, I'll keep rolling with it for as long as I can it's get away bad. with it. It's not it's not a bad nickname. Uh, Kalichio Sunwa, what do you want to go with in terms of nicknames? The second greatest man? It's not bad, is it? Top, I mean, top, I'll be on the podium if you'll have me. Uh, welcome, uh, as I've already welcomed. You too, the Perth Football Podcast. Uh, we have some football to talk about, but of course, we have the idiot in the Sunday leagues, and we're going to start with the idiot because that's what everyone is talking about. Now, for those of you that haven't heard, the Kelmscott-Queens Park game on the weekend in probably one of the most meaningless footballing leagues in the world, Kalichi, is that fair to say? Easily. Easily one of the most meaningless, unimportant leagues in the world. For those of you that don't know, Kalichi plies his trade there currently. Uh, it is not high stakes. It is not uh, the Premier League. It is not even the NPL. It is a lower league, Sunday league, and we have had a player, a game be called off after 21 minutes because uh, a player has, allegedly, as Kalichi makes me say for legal reasons, King hit a referee because he disagreed with a penalty decision after 21 minutes of this meaningless game in a meaningless league. I've said you're an idiot. You are. If you want to come in and um, give your side of the story, you're more than welcome to. But I feel like someone that's as cowardly uh, as will King hit someone from behind over a refereeing decision in a meaningless game of football uh, probably won't uh, roll up and, and discuss it with us. But You are more than welcome if you want to get in touch with us. Uh, But before we do that, we are going to have our say. Now, Queen's Park pretty much straight away came out. They had a representative jump on Facebook and condemn the incident in its entirety. Say the player is not welcome back at the club. The club does not stand for that. That response, Josh Kalichi, I think we're happy with. There's nothing really... uh, There there are clubs that have in similar times said uh, an investigation is ongoing and, you know, blah, 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 and possibly hope that it all blows over, but... This is as, as much as they can really do in the moment. I think we all agree. Yeah, well, you know, the worst thing that could happen is an incident happens like that and, you know, everybody closes ranks uh, around the alleged perpetrator. Uh, the, you know, it's, 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 it's a strong stance to come out and say, uh, to, for someone from the club to come out and say, you know, it's not, he's not welcome there, it doesn't represent the club. Um, you know, at the same time, you always wonder, you know, what, what, are, the, what are the triggers this player has, you know, these are not normally isolated incidents. I haven't heard of too many incidents where people act violently like that or, or blow up at a referee's decision uh, more mildly without having some sort of history of doing so. Not saying that's necessarily the case in, in this case, because I don't know the guy involved, but yeah. um, 
Yeah, you 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 just wonder whether there were any red flags there that 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 could have been picked up in terms of what the club was supposed to do. Like, I mean, you kind of sort of have to do this. You you, you can't in, in a situation like this. You don't you don't really go. Ah, oh, we will investigate and see what else is going on unless that player is like the best player in the history of your club, and you want to try to close ranks a little bit. But in a situation like this. It's good that they have come out. At the same time, I ask, you know, what are you going to do? In terms of saying, like, does this person necessarily have a history? I, I, I understand that it might be relevant, but at the same time, like, I want to come in here with empathy and, and assume that, look, this person's had an awful day and decided to just completely blow up and it's completely out of character for them and so on and so forth. Um and, and, and kind of go from there because, again, like th- there is a fine line or this is not a fine line, but there is a huge line between the abusive culture that we have already. That's very pervasive, uh, pervasive in football where people are screaming and yelling and surrounding referees and remonstrating with referees to the point where we do have a referee shortage of over 100 and I think 80 referees at the moment. Um, between going from there to actually physically hitting a referee. But like we've said before, like this is this is an extreme example of a culture that is very much on par of what's happening in football, not just in WA, but in amateur leagues and in professional leagues worldwide. Yeah, I, I completely uh, agree with everything you're saying. I, like I said, I I don't know the guy. I've said he's an idiot. I'm using that language because I don't want us to get that explicit tag um, without earning it. <laughs> but there's a lot more I could say. For anyone that is capable of doing this, you shouldn't be involved in any organised sport. You, you, it's just unfathomable that you can think... Do you just imagine yourself being angry about a referee's decision on, extent, on, yeah. on a Sunday and seeing him turn around to discuss it with the other players and feeling the urge to go up and punch him in the back of the head and then following through on that? It is absolutely absurd and unacceptable, but... As you've said, I'm more than happy to say, look, people do absolutely unacceptable things. Like We we do not have lifetime imprisonment here for uh, a heated exchange that ends up with someone dying. Like That is not what we try to do in this country. We try to get the best out of people. We will aim for rehabilitation. I don't think we do that very well in a lot of ways, but we won't get into all of our uh, prison discussions and how uh, the... The legal system works because that can um, be a whole other tangent that'll take another hour or so. But basically, this is not just, as I said, this is not an isolated incident. I mentioned it on on the Facebook post. Uh, I think Anthony Petrosaur put up a comment basically saying what you were saying that I I agree with everything that Queen's Park person said, apart from this is an isolated incident. It's it's hard to imagine that this player isn't quite aggressive and isn't quite. Uh, in referees' ears and on the referees' backs all game, every other game, every other week. If it is just a one-off, fine. That look, I, it, it, I, and I and guess it, it's possible. But yeah, look, look, it could well be. You know, there's there's precedence for these sorts of incidents. You know, um, this is going back a long time, but but players who've done things like head-butted referees, um, as from what I can recall, it's been about a 10-year ban. Yeah, in the past, which you know, if you're someone in their their mid twenties or their late twenties or early thirties or mid thirties, late thirties or early forties, as many people in in Sunday league football <laughs> are, you know, that's certainly you know, that's, like that's, that. that's that's like that's a career ban. Yeah, basically. and and I've I, we were talking with Kalichi about this before the game. People saying lifetime ban, uh, it, that is that is a very easy um, band aid solution. 
it's it's not going to solve the culture of the sport. And I think a ten year ban, uh, as as you suggested, uh, Kalichi, the with two years uh, being a referee. Being a part of that, if you want to reduce it to eight years, spend two or three years as a referee yourself. Here's 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 the thing that might be a bit concerning about that. So you get a ban uh, from football, but that ban, unless something goes further um, with a police investigation with charges, that sort of thing. Again, we're not saying that's going to happen here because we just don't know. But what will happen is players get that ban, but that means you can't participate in FIFA competitions under your own name. Yeah, you can't participate under other people's names, but we know people try to do it, right? Sure, yeah. Um, and what happens is those players, the ones who have, you know, those some of those issues, they'll often wind up playing in social competitions. They'll play five-a-side. Kalichi, both of us have refereed five-a-side. That is an oh, even God. more meaningless standard of football. And even than, more unnecessary aggression. And than and Sunday th- league football. And this is what we're talking about there. This is such a this is such a deep rooted issue in the well, culture th- of the are, sport. And those are the only uh, five aside at Lords and five aside at um, uh, yeah, down. I think I've played in Midland, but but by refereed at Lords and five aside Lords, and that's the only place where I ever got threatened by a player who and I had to abandon the game because I gave like three red cards for people who were complaining about my decisions. Yeah, I I I filled in. For a, I can't remember. It was a, it was a Christian school up near, um, uh, up north. I, I, it's, it's probably not right to say the name of the school anyway because I don't want to, you know, throw anyone under the bus here. But I, I just filled in for one of those. It was an organisation that just finds people that will referee high school games and after school games and gives you 30, 40 bucks or whatever to, to go and do it. So I just coin. I, <laughs> <laughs> not really. Uh, not not when you have to go up there. I I had some family plans, and this uh, girl from this organisation messaged me and asked, you know, if I can come up and do this game because oh the referees pulled out and we really need someone. And I was down south of the river. It was about a forty minute drive, but I was like, look, I want to help out. Sure, fine. I go up there. There's already a referee there, so there's a miscommunication somewhere. But I just said, ah, whatever. You do the first half. I'll do the second half, and yeah, we'll we'll take it from there. The players. These are. 15 year old kids were the most petulant abusive just and and they don't pick this up obviously kids can be assholes we know that we all probably were when we were that age but they don't pick up their behaviors just uh, off themselves they pick it up from what they see on tv there, there was a guy at the end of this game it was basically just abuse all game complaining all game um one of the players ended up getting sent off by the other guy who after the game actually said, oh, I don't even mind the abuse. You know, I dish it out just as well on the weekend. So I'm happy. You're as big of a problem as the kids yourself, um, to be honest. But the the constant complaining, the constant arguing, a guy ripped his shirt off at the end after the game, the one that got sent off, came back on the pitch. He thought he was Didier Drogba after a <laughs> Champions League final. He was just yelling how disgraceful it was, having his friends hold him back. From us, this is an after-school high school game. The teacher, he's on the side of the pitch doing nothing, does come over to speak to us afterwards, but just to complain and ask, why did we have two referees? Why, why did you do that? Doesn't say anything about the conduct. He's, he's just come over and said, you fleeced us. You've yeah, taken our money. It's, it's, it was just absolutely fine. The, the, the way they were carrying on is absolutely fine. And and this, the, the, the fish rots from the head is the old adage. If you, if you want to say something before we get on to this, that, that I'll, I'll give you a second, but... This is from the top. This is FIFA down. Football is... Get that out if you want, but Josh, go on. Yeah, well, you spoke about the situation uh, with rugby where a while back 
and and you know rugby you probably some of the roughest characters uh roughest characters out there are, are playing the the rugby codes and they brought in the rules mainly in union which you know was a bit of a, a genteel like gentleman's game so uh you know they've they've got very uh very private school standards of respectability there but they did bring in the rule ages ago that the you know only the captain talks to the referee and it just cut out all of that badgering of the referee that you see in half of the premier league games in yep. all these games in europe and games in like what if what if the captain is the knob like me who got a yellow card for dissent after six minutes this weekend <laughs> you got a yellow card for dissent yeah it was bad well and, and again like so the situation and i'll tell it from my perspective is i've, I've beaten one player I'm on the overlap and I'm about to beat the second player. I look down, I see myself hit the ball with my left foot. And then the next thing I see is the lights because we're playing a night game and I'm like, I've been taken out and I, and there's no free kick. There's nothing. And I turn to the referee and I not politely at all scream why the F wasn't that a free kick. Now, a couple minutes later, my inner chimp went away and I calmed down. I got my yellow card. And I went to the referee and apologized. I apologized at halftime and apologized at full time and apologized to the boys as well. But at the same time, like, that is the culture that is there. There was no one else telling me, Kay Kalichi, like, calm, calm the F down. Like, that's inappropriate. It was just the referee and everyone else was kind of yelling at the referee. So, so you're a victim of the culture. No, no, I am a perpetrator of that culture. And again, like, if, 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 we, if we are going to do better by this, then we need to be able to point and say, this is not acceptable. And at the very extreme, it gets there. And again, it's a long line between calling the referee something and punching the referee in the back of the head. But it becomes this acceptable behavior that the next thing is fine, the next thing is fine. So you go from the point of view where you're just screaming at the referee to you're surrounding the referee, and that's all fine. Yeah, look, uh, and, and we spoke about the culture, and, and it goes out to stuff like, it's not even just the referees, it's like the way people talk to club linesmen. Like every amateur game, you've got at least one club. But line. those linesmen are cheating bastards, mate. Yeah, but that's like part. That's <laughs> part of the culture of Sunday league football. Yeah, and, and you know what happens when they're not cheating bastards, Kalichi? They get abused. As well. I also well, <laughs> I used to run the line for backpackers. For those of you that don't know, back when uh, Kalichi and I were there, this story um, is amazing, by the way. And I there was honestly, I won't say his name, but there was there was well, they're both fullbacks would quite often be very very lazy and slow stepping up. They would step up that second after the ball's played. And I, I can tell you, I am so confident that 99% of all the offside calls I made were correct because the game isn't played at that high speed, at that level. Now, Oglesby wasn't that fast, was he? <laughs> he was one of the fullbacks. You've you've outed him. Um, but then there was a, there was a midfielder for backpackers who went into the change rooms after I had not flagged for offside when there was a player who was not offside. So just doing my job. Um, Unfortunately, that penalises the team because I don't want to cheat. Uh, and and did did you not get told that you either you were going to get he was going to bash you or he was going to bash me? Who was he being was, he was, he was your was, own teammate? Yes, my <laughs> own teammate threatened to bash me and my mate Sean and, and his own club linesman. And he said that Sean was cheating against us because he was my mate, and the only reason that I was offending him was because he was my mate. And so I was just like, so you think that. My mate is cheating against us because he's my mate, and I'm defending the cheat because he's my mate. Yeah, the logic doesn't really stack up there. There's um, but it it, it, it was annoying. Uh, one of the following weeks, I uh, ran the line for the reserves game. Uh, there was a, a narrow offside where a striker was sort of half a yard behind. Long ball came in, and he came back to an onside position. 
and I flagged. They went down and scored. Um, and well, he brought the ball down and scored, and the referee ignored me because he thought I was one of the cheating linesmen out there. So we might have a nickname for you then, <laughs> Double Agent Sean. Uh, yeah. Well, I tried to I, when I did try to flag for offside, the referee ignored me anyway. It's so. gone in deep cover. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, to get back to to get back to what I was saying before, the 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 old adage, the fish rots from the head. FIFA are the organising body of football. They do nothing. They absolutely do nothing. That doesn't mean that we, as West Australians, as Australians, in our own football, at our own clubs, can't do better. We can do a lot, lot better. Uh, but it is it is very hard to make any meaningful change without any organisation. Another quick story I'll tell, and I'll, I'll cut most of the, the meat off the bones, but uh, I coached and played for the socials team up in Krakowia, Div 2, Div 3, something or other socials. Don't even know what league it was. And even more meaningless league than the one you play in, Klitschi. <laughs> And we started out off the season, basically, we, we, I wanted to just have a bit of respect for basically me because I'm setting up all the training sessions and coming down. And if you don't know whether you're going to have 10 players or 15 players, it's a pain in the ass. But players gen genuinely don't usually care. But we all sat down at the start. We said, this is what we're going to do. If you can't make – we can all make it to training at this time. We had some punctuality things. We were more organised, more professional than the first team. Not because we wanted to be a professional club because we wanted to show respect to each other. We also added that we wanted to show respect to the referees. Now, for people that don't actually care about referees, if you get to know their first name and you talk to them and you're polite to them, you actually get the better decisions as well. That's just a little secret there for you. So, Cheers, Cheers Brucey. <laughs> but if, the, if you uh, got a yellow card for dissent, for abusing a referee, we said as a club or as a, as a team, you go off for the rest of the half. So black and white rule, everyone agreed with it, uh, and it was absolutely fine. We had maybe one or two, but you learn pretty quickly. Uh, there were one or two yellow cards in the first, I reckon, couple of months for arguing with the referee, and both times a player goes off substitute. It's rolling subs in socials so they can come back for the second half, uh, but you might miss the end of the game if you do it in the 70th minute. But, yeah, no tolerance, absolute black and white, hard and fast rule. Uh, and it worked. Uh, until we played a cup game with a, a guy who didn't come down to many trainings. Uh, he was the captain's best mate, uh, the best mate who we had to play as a number 10 because he was too lazy and unfit to do anything else. So that's the kind of character we're talking about. Um, so his cousin, uh, he argued with a linesman in the first minute about a throw-in on halfway. Like, a gr lost his nut, went off at him about a throw-in on halfway in a Sunday League Division Two socials game. Uh, got a yellow card. And, all right, let's, you're off. Sub him off and call the next, call the other guy on. Uh, oh, I'm not ready. haven't warmed up. Okay, fine. You warm up but we'll, and we'll play with 10 until then because that's, that's the rule. You, it is a yellow card for arguing with a referee and the captain and his best mate and the cousin, they all stood there and they said, no, no, it's the first minute. No, it's the first minute. I don't care. We all agreed to this. No, oh, but come on, he's, you know, he's, we, d we don't have many subs. And so it, even in Sunday, Division Two socials could not make that rule stick. I wish I had just walked off the pitch and left the club at that point. So I was like, you just completely disrespect me, completely disrespect what we're trying to do. But it's just an example of how hard it is to get anywhere if there isn't um, organisational change. And, and so what you're talking about, uh, the rule with the, with the kids, that's all well and good. But as soon as they get older, it, it's gone. And, and you'll see Premier League players, if there's a, a decision go the wrong way, seven of them stor storm up to the referee, surround him aggressively. And it is so easy to stamp out. You said it, rugby do it. 
If rugby do it, why can't football do it? It's not a good sight. It's not something we want to see. Mm. And if you do want to see it, then you're part of the problem. Yeah, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. You've, you've also touched on one of my biggest bugbears in, uh, in football is when people appeal obsessively for things like foul throws. It's like it goes down we to... We were talking about this before. <laughs> a, a throw is a way of uh, returning the field, uh, the ball to the field of play. Get in on which, with the game. In which no one has been penalised. The ball has simply left the field of play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so people who obsessively call for, for foul throws and then complain about it throughout the entire game uh, are you know, some of my least favourite people I in football. I could not agree more. And, and that goes to the same like thing of just complaining for every little thing. And, and people... Some people view it as like a psychological thing. They're like, oh, the more we complain, you know, the more we'll get on the referee's back and start, you know, we'll put pressure on the referee. But that's the sort of thing that you need to like weed out of the game over the time, particularly when, when you're going to such such a level of football that, you know, there's not, there's not money riding on it. There's not, uh, you know, stock prices riding on it. There's not cha- like yep. European Champions League titles. The, you know? the reason that we need referees in these games is because none of us are mature enough as adults to agree on something if it's in a competitive environment. No, we, we couldn't We couldn't shake hands at the start of the game and just be like, oh, you know what? If I clip you in the box, you know, we'll just give you a penalty. It's fine. I was also going to say, um, like, just fundamentally speaking, this person got assaulted at work. This person turned up to work and got assaulted because someone had judged them, someone who's got no idea in terms of how to judge them, someone who's not paying them, someone who's not their boss, just decided, ah, I don't think you're doing a good enough job and, and just like, and just decked them. Like, nowhere else would this happen. Now, you said, well, I don't know if we mentioned it uh, earlier, but we have heard that he is okay, which is very good to hear. But you you know the guy as well. that And, and yeah. this isn't important in any way. It does not matter his ability level. But you said he's actually a very promising young referee. He, he's, he's, he's a young guy. He's I've had him, I think this is his first year doing um, first team on Sundays. Um, and the, the two times that I've had him, I thought he was superb. I've seen him in... Um, in the woman, a couple of women's games as well, been absolutely fine. He's an actual referee who will speak to you and talk to you and, and not be this kind of like megalomaniac. But I think, I think what ends up happening in this situation here is we have a huge referee shortage. Yeah. And so good luck getting him back now. Yeah. And, and, and because of that, we create this, we create, it's been, cr- it's created this problem. The way that the people treat referees has created this problem where we've got a shortage. And so the best referees and we've got it on good authority that they are now planning to not do Sunday leagues anymore, and that's rightfully so. Well, and, and and young referees as well, and and young, yeah, and young and up and coming promising referees who need to cut their teeth somewhere yeah. are not going to do that as well. Now you're going to be in a situation where the quality of referees are going to get worse, and now you're going to have <laughs> who need to behave better, but are not going to have that good quality of referees that they would have had if they behaved better. So it, it's just it's just an all bad situation that is just a tragedy, man. And, and the young referees, I mean, you touched on it, you know, young referees as well. They're the referees that are potentially in the future going on to become, you know, your, your, your top level state league, MPL, uh, potentially A-league referees. You know, they're, they're, they're the... You're the next Adam they're, 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 they're the talent pool for, for the future, for, for guys like uh, Jared Gillette, who can go on and referee at the absolute top level in the world it's not the ex-players who are just trying to help out their club who are you know 38 39 you know they're not going to go on and and be refereeing you know they, they deserve the same level of respect when they're refereeing but you know those young players uh, those young referees they're the ones that need the support they need all the respect they can because you know 
they're the talent pool for the top level of the game in the future. With the minute and a half we've got left, guys, any solutions that you think we could implement in in, in football in WA or just football in general? Um, I I mean, you you touched on it before that the the violence in football. This is you said not the first time. We obviously had the the Mitch Prentice incident earlier in the year. The violence is just a pervasive part of this culture. Um, and that the main thing I want to say uh, before we get onto solutions is this is not toughness this is not this is the behavior of a child what do you do when you're five years old and you don't get what you want someone makes you angry you, you hit them or you, you throw something yeah you at hit them. them you throw something at them you kick them you bite them or spit at them that is that ends for most people when you get to primary school you still have the few people getting in fights at primary school getting in fights at high school and and beyond but for the majority of people that behavior ends now going up and punching someone or headbutting someone who's not expecting it is the furthest thing from tough that you can possibly do it is so cowardly it is so pathetic and i just wanted to put that out there that these violent outbursts are just for anyone that thinks this is a way to yeah, demonstrate your masculinity or your toughness, it is the furthest thing from it. Uh, now, to get on to uh, the solutions, I think we've said it before, it, this has to change from the top. I mean, we can try and implement things. I guess Football West can try and implement things, but I don't know how much power they have in terms of making rules and things they're allowed uh, to do. So I think this has to change from the top. And Take the template. Take rugby. You cannot talk to the referee unless you're the captain. If you're having issues and you think the referee's ha having a, an absolute shocker and he's being biased against you, whatever problem you are perceiving, you can have one or two times in a half. The captain can go over and have a talk. I genuinely love watching compilations of referees in, in rugby discussing... Are they referees or umpires? Referees. They are referees. Uh, umpires in footy, right? Um I know people get their bees in uh, in the bonnet about that for some reason. So they are able to have a conversation where it's like they're talking to a teacher or a headmaster with respect and come to some sort of agreement. They might not always agree, but seriously, if you haven't seen them, just go and go and Google um, refereeing, uh, rugby referee having conversations with players. It is so... <laughs> incredible it is a, such a breath of fresh air when you're so used to seeing just petulant crybabies rolling around and carrying on like we have in our brand of the game until you start doing that and really cutting it out and saying any back chat afl i think this year i don't watch a lot of afl anymore but my uh my good mate liam hussey was saying that the there's like an arms out is dissent so if yeah, you have they've... decision and a lot of people complain about that and i can see that is very very hard line but i think the players learn pretty quickly I think they they pretty quickly stopped doing it, right? There'll still be there'll still be instances, but you're certainly not going to have an incident where someone goes and punches them in the back of the head, are you? Yeah, that definitely did happen in AFL back in the back in the eighties and nineties as well. There's a few few fairly famous videos rolling around. And, and a YouTube. great a great example of how the culture has changed, and and the the club from the administrative level has said this is. Not something we're going to accept. You're shaking your head like you don't yeah, think it I, has I changed. Covered, I, I covered I covered footy in, out in Kalgoorlie. <laughs> uh, okay, so no, 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 but it is. It will take time for it to filter down to you know grassroots level. But you have to start at the top. That's that's my point. I think the AFL's done the right thing. Whether or not you think arms out, whether or not you think it should start at any verbal abuse, whatever. But there, a line needs to be drawn. 
and they've drawn a line, and I, I commend them for that, but, but FIFA will sit on their hands and do nothing. Like, they do nothing about racism. They put together a racism task force for two weeks, and then Sepp Blatter says, racism solved, we don't need to do that anymore. They uh, will partially close stadiums because of racist chanting, and then open them back up again, even after more racist chanting. A player will uh, whip out a bet gambling sponsorship in a celebration. $50,000 fine. They won't stand for that, because that's money. That's, that's literally all they care about. Not culture, not violence, not abuse, not homophobia, not sexism, not racism, just the money. As long as that comes in, they have no incentive to, to change it. It is going to take huge movements from uh, yeah, other governing bodies or, or other bodies to, to make we, any change out of that shower of shit. Are, are, we, are we at the end of our time? Yeah, we, do we, we, we don't do we have, have enough, do we have we enough have money a, to hire out the studio after that? We don't have another minute and a half. Well, the minute and a half that we've got left before it's 30 minutes and sort of 25 minutes, I'll just uh, say we'll be back with part two. I'm out. And before we jump on to part two, I've calmed down. Don't Sean's worry. calmed down, everybody. Calmed down. Before we get on to part two, we want to just send a quick thank you to our lovely sponsors, the people that help pay the bills and keep this podcast running we've had some wonderful uh they companies absolutely help us we still pay some of those bills we, we are now. we are getting there but i do want to issue a really heartfelt thank you and goodbye only in the sense of we don't need your support anymore because we've hit the big time um but thank you from the bottom of our hearts to the hush connective we will continue to plug them because this is where we do our recording but yeah it is pretty good booth isn't it I think we can all say we've. It's very professional. It's all set up for us. It's it's a fortress, isn't it? It's yeah. a great home ground. You've got a camera to, that you want to record. Robbie will help you set that up with lighting. You can change the change the lighting if if you like, Kalich. If you don't think it's good for for your uh, complexion, you can. It's always good for my complexion. It's also got air conditioning, so that way, despite us each having had COVID at some point, never pass it to each other. Well, we don't know about that. You got it from so the I, I got it the next day, but I, yeah, I probably got it from the uh, East Perth. No, North Perth. North Perth was not. Um, yeah, but look, thank you so much. Uh, Robbie Hush Connective are really, really fantastic. If you do have a story to tell, you want to record a podcast or an audio book or whatever, this is the place to go. He will make it so, so easy for you and give you all the, the training you need. Uh, big thank you as well to the Mind Body Lounge. They've given us out a few vouchers to give away. Uh, one last one this week from them will go to Colm Costello, East Perth's very own. Uh, get in touch with us and say you want your uh, cryotherapy treatment or your massage chair uh, session or whatever it is. They've got heaps of good stuff. It might, it might help him relax page. after the week of football he's had. Yeah, yeah. He get, gets quite into it, doesn't he? Uh, and who else do we have to... Oh, the lovely physio for all. The the woman that got you back on your feet and back playing Kalichi at the... At the Peak of your physical fitness. Galloping down the line. So thank you so much to Maddie down at Physio for All. If you're down Oakford Way and need treatment, she is absolutely the best. Very, very competitive prices. She's just signed up for NDIS stuff as well. So uh, private insurance, whatever your uh, jam, she'll, uh, she'll sort that out for you. And, of course, a thank you to our brand-new sponsor, Macron. Uh, do a lot of great work with uh, not just football at the top level, but right the way down to the community. Kalichi, I believe if you want your club to you know get decked out with some brand new kits they they do a spectacular job and i'm sure they can uh, sort you out what, what else do they do Kalichi? not just the kits but you know the grass the grassroots wear 
That sounded awful. <laughs> the, gra- the grassroots wear. <laughs> not Leave just, it in. What is, what is grassroots wear? Not, it's it's grass that grows from the roots. This is uh, why this is why we haven't had Kalichi involved in any of the ads so far. We're trying this this brand new spitball thing, and he's he's butchering it. But we'll I need on. it to be regimented and in it a is, process. And he's, he's back on his notes. It's like <laughs> the grassroots wear. Give me my notes. But seriously, thanks to Macron for the work that they've been doing. Macron um, Hub Perth Facebook page. Yeah, check out their out Facebook there. page. They they do amazing work in the community. Um, not just again, not just from the professional level, but also in the grassroots as well. So check out Macron's. What's the Facebook page again, Sean? You did that without even looking at a script. Well done. I'm dying here. Yeah, the Macron Hub Perth Facebook page. Josh, what's your favorite Macron kit? Oh, I gotta say, I don't. I, you know, I don't mind the Armadale. You know, the the red and black classic, the the AC Milan, yeah, AC Milan stripes. I think it's very tidy. Yep. All right. Well, let's get on to talking about Armadale and all the rest of the MPL in uh, part two. And we're back. Part two. Time to talk about some of the actual football and stuff that won't make me so angry. Uh, you guys got down to a game on the weekend, an MPL game. Where were you? Uh, we were down at... Uh, uh, oh, you're Shark Gwellup, the, the Havatsky Dom. <laughs> Is that what it's called? I, th- I think that well, that's what that's what it was when I um when I went on Google Maps to try to find the place. It, it was an absolutely awful traffic jam to get there. But when we got there, the football was uh, was pretty good, particularly the football from one man in particular, Gustavo Marolanda. <sighs> Gustavo the Great, sorry, Gustavo the yep. Yeah, look yep. if you if you look up the word virtuoso in the dictionary, I got a picture of Gus. There is a picture yep. of this man from that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's there. one of those pictured dictionaries, <laughs> <laughs> don't see many dictionaries with Simpsons pictures joke, anymore. I yeah, the uh, uh, the um, so he scored three goals in the first half, and, and two of them he's actually the first one he's dribbled through three players within about a, a meter square uh, box, uh, create enough space for the shot. It's absolute banger, bottom corner. Second one. Did the centre back all ends up but left foot in the bottom yeah, corner? Well, we're, we're saying to Kalichi about those two because those were the two that we couldn't split for best goal. But I think it depends whether you liked the move or whether you liked the finish. Because if you like the move, that second one is just, I said it had a bit of Luis Suarez about it, just the way he's shaped up and then his whole body's just changed direction. And the centre half was twisted in And he fires it. Yeah, and the the finish is great. But the first one, the move doesn't quite um, wrong foot the defender as as much. He only creates a tiny bit of space, but then just rips rips one off. It's it's funny you mentioned that. He really creates it out out of nowhere, though. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Suarez, because I see that first goal and I think of Carlos Tevez. And so I'm just like, this guy who's very small, diminutive, works really hard. And you go watch that tape again, and it's like, half a step over, half another step over, pushes it a little bit with his right foot. And before he's even like put his right foot up again, he's gone near post. I'm just thinking it's not a bad performance when you, your first goal's got a bit of Tevez and your second goal's got a bit of Suarez. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like the second one because um, if you look at uh, Cyril Sharrock, the goalkeeper, <laughs> it's like it's just hit so hard, like he can't even go for it. I, I don't know yep. if it's that far away from him, to be honest, but but it's just hit so hard, like it's almost past him. Even though it's ground ball, it's past uh, him by the, the time he's even thought of moving. And it then the third, strike. the third was a was a sort of an opportunistic ball came to him, and he just it was in a scoring yeah, run, wasn't he? It was so like he a just header or a ricochet, and he volleyed it. it in from yeah. around the penalty Gra- spot. Another another great finish, but definitely, yeah, the, the first two were. Extra good, but then that wasn't the end of his magic, Josh. No, look, arguably the finest moment of the game, and, and you got to remember he did all this within 
a little over 70 minutes. Uh, the game was iced pretty early. He actually got substituted. He got a round of applause. He got the ovation, uh, sure. That's he what got we do. The FIFA stand- ovation. <laughs> he, got a, he got a standing ovation from one Calicio Sunwa. Oh. So, um, so we are the we are the few people that show respect to each other when we play FIFA, Kalichi and I. <laughs> and if uh, if a player puts in a performance, doesn't even have to be a hat trick performance, but if they just light it up, you have to uh, watch the substitution. Uh, you have to oh, watch. So this is the avatar. They're not clapping the person who's actually. You're not clapping the person with the controller. You're you're clapping the avatar. Oh, you're, you're clap, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Clapping the person who gets subbed off. You yeah. even if, if you if you do it right, you do it properly. The game will slow down. The player will actually walk off the and pitch. They have not, the not graphic run. of the standing ovation. And they but have the graphic of the wow. standing ovation. I don't think most people even know that exists because no one's no one the who has just been torn apart will sit there and watch. Everyone's <laughs> pushing. Are, are you are you also giving the standing ovation? Of in course, the lounge? yeah, absolutely. I sometimes couple, sometimes no. A couple times when it's been Barry Douglas, I've actually stood up myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Barry Douglas! Shout out to the Scottish left back who played for Lech Poznan. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, your FIFA escapades have sidetracked me. Anyway, uh, back to have the start of the, the game. Back so, to the stepovers. So, so probably the moment of the game. So, uh, long ball from the keeper. It's come over the back. Gustavo's uh, one-on-one with uh, Kieran Salinger, who's already on a yellow card. This mm. all happens in slow motion. He hits the right foot step over, flicks it around him with the left. Salinger goes to ground, takes him down clear as day. Easiest penalty the referee has ever doled out. I don't like the second yellow card. The second yellow I don't, I comes don't think out. Needs, I don't think that needs to be a yellow. I, I, re- I was talking to Cleach about this before. That. Uh, it, uh, no, referees, 100% letter of the law. Re- That's a yellow re- card. No, no. Look, referees well within his rights. to, to But but I'm saying there's, there's Sean no... Sean is talking spirit of the game there. No, I'm, I don't even think I'm talking spirit of the game. I'm talking... Uh, I think you can make an argument letter of the law. It is just a foul. He Like, there is no way he has cynically taken him down. He has just been done. All ends up. He's tired. He's tried to win the ball. He's just too slow and Gus is too fast. Is it a dog's though? <laughs> no, no. It's... It, it's well, why, why I mean, is it, but it is why is it a yellow card? It is denying because it's denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity, but there's double jeopardy, so it's not a red card. Yeah, sure, but so that doesn't so downgrade that, it to a yellow though. Let's let yeah, but but no, uh, it is yellow. That, that's 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 letter of the law. I, I, that, that wasn't for a denying a goal scoring opportunity because the ball's gone out to the touchline and there were other defenders there. It's it's a yellow card. No, for if he the doesn't get, if he doesn't get touched, it, it's a goal. Anyway, I disagree. I think I I just. I just think the second yellow and Salinger and you know obviously unfortunate for Salinger, but I think that's just the pierce de resistance because he was done all ends up yeah. with, by Marilanda to the point where he then gets sent from the field. I don't think there's anyone that complains if he doesn't get that. You know the only play- person that would complain is if that was uh, uh, Angel at Armadale. <laughs> he would be getting up straight away and complaining <laughs> that it's not a yellow card. <laughs> He'd be the only one. What, what did you make <laughs> of the of the Gwalop performance? Because it was a really young side. Yeah, it was really outside. Look, by the end of the game, they looked very ragged at the back. And I know they had um they had uh, Daniel Walsh uh, in there at six for the first time, coming from Perth Glory, who then stepped into centre back after um after Salinger got sent off. So it was tough for them with ten men. It was really good for them that they went through when they were down to ten men and did score a consolation goal. They brought a couple of players off the bench um, at halftime as well who, who gave them a little bit of edge after they were really beaten all ends up in the first half. We loved we loved the run from the centre half. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was special. You were saying a, a bit of bit of Van Dyke about it. I, I was what I said. I I wasn't saying that, but the homie, uh, oh, the, the, homie, homie. Gamma, the homie Gamma Ramirez was was talking. He's, about well, he's got he's just got a bit of that that height, the similar sort of hairstyle, and and that and the gracefulness that yeah. he kind of swans about. A bit about of a bit, bit of the gait, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and so who who was the player? Uh, Matt Majax. Yeah. Any anyway, he he did take it from centre half and he's just strode forward with the ball, continued his run on, won the header down, and and they've scored. That was a good bit of football. Sorrento obviously, uh, yeah, very happy with that performance. They bounced back from a pretty disappointing uh, loss in the midweek. We haven't even talked about the Australia Cup games because we recorded obviously just before those. They were pretty spectacular. I was down at that Armadale game. Great atmosphere down there. That was one of the most exciting games I've been at this season. Um, two really good teams in good form. And yeah, Armadale, I think, really just buoyed, spurred on by that, that home crowd. It was a really good, it, it, just a bunch of extra players. Uh, spoke to Peter Jokobs after the game, who... We finally uh, got a way to pronounce his I, name. I did ask him um, what he prefers, and he, he said, uh, oh, look, it's Jokobs in uh, Afrikaans, but in English, it's just Jacobs. But if you want to keep saying uh, Jokobs, it sounds sick. So I'll keep going with it, but if you want to bail out and just say Jacobs... Oh, I like Jokobs. He's, he's given you permission. Um We'll also, down. also, while you're talking about proper pronunciations, did you, uh, did you listen to the tape that we put in the group chat about how to say Scott Whiskey's name? No, I didn't. Yeah, we, we put one in there. Oh, excellent. I'll check that out. You know I love that stuff. Um, we'll spin on to the other games. I actually gave a few tips this weekend, to, uh, just, just a few predictions of how I thought the games would go to people that were asking. And I did call Balcada perhaps getting something off of Sterling. I said... Balcata with one point in their opening, I think, 12 games, 11 losses and a draw. And Sterling, who were top of the league just uh, a mere fortnight ago, uh, and they did get a point. I did also say maybe, maybe Guell up a chance because Sorrento played 120 minutes midweek and, and might be tired and disappointed. Um, that was completely wrong. So you've got the good and the bad in my predictions there. I also said I thought maybe... Armadale Perth would be very low scoring because they'd, they've been both very good defensively. Incorrect. And then, well, I was very correct about Perth's defensive uh, job, but Armadale got blown out. Um, we think Galici probably a case of just a bridge too far and probably not the most important game for them against a side who it was a very important game for. Perth are looking like they can definitely push top four now. Absolutely. If not get themselves in a mix because no one seems to want this this title. Um Josh, what did what did you want to talk about? Well, they do they do have one or two games in hand as well, Perth, and I know that absolutely. The coaches, I spoke to uh, to Dale about that during the week, and and I think that they're they're pretty confident that they can uh, they can roll teams above them in those yep. games. They definitely can. I mean, some something that's been really notable the last couple of weeks is that attacking triumvirate they've got in Hassani Sinclair, Shab McCullough, and Paul Zimmerino is really firing on all cylinders. All three of them are on the score sheet. On the weekend, at one point, something uh, Sean put in the group chat mistakenly made us believe that Hassani Sinclair actually had four. But uh, I thought he, I said he had two. I think you said you said he had two, and then I like that you keep saying said us when it's clearly you. <laughs> I was confused. You're the only one that was confused. Just, just say you confused. were confused. I, confused. I think I said two more for Hassani, and Josh Josh has gone. I I saw his first two goals. He must have another two. That makes four. Those are the two I was talking about. Anyway, he's running down Daryl Nickel now, who hasn't scored again. Whisper it, mate. He did mention that he would be trying to catch him. Um, but before we continue, I was going to say, did you see some of the new signings for uh, Belcada? 
Uh, I did it just in the in the group chat there. You were saying so. Uh, Adam Tong, Clark Kelty, Ryan Pearson, just experience. Just, yeah, a lot just of experience. loads and loads and, of. And in a, in a game where you're going to Sterling and playing against a team that you know is struggling, that is struggling to find that final pass and that final shot, not as free scoring, or they haven't been free scoring all season for the most part. Just to dog in, to defend, to keep a clean sheet. The, the red card was disappointing because that was my big tip. I think Balcata can get something. I thought they could have maybe snuck, snuck a late winner um, just because that's how those games seem to go. When you get frustrated, you need to put the impetus as Sterling and you'd leave some holes at the back and then just that one ball over the top and then the red card um, right. they picked up sort of let, let them down and, and put paid to that. But Kalichi, you're looking very excited I, about I just, something. I just want to add a little bit of speculation and source here. So um, the transfer window is still open. Is that right? I think it hasn't it slammed shut yet. Yeah. Wednesday to Wednesday, so I, I think it's two more days now. So from, from when we're talking, well, we've we've heard that Balcada was supposed to play last week. We will let you figure out who the opposition was, and that that game was supposed to happen um, with the transfer window shut, so players couldn't be added into the team before that game was played. Again, knowing that it would be two teams near each other, shall we say? And um, they've made some transfers, and the game was not played. And so now the game's going to be played with these new transfers in the team. So Balcata had a postponed game before the... A COVID postponement, was it? A COVID postponement. And you're putting inverted commas around the COVID. I'm just saying I have heard You something. are literally doing inverted commas. I in am. The, that people can't <laughs> see. It's like Mr... I, I want to I disavow myself from this speculation because it's like Mr. Allegedly. You can't introduce the speculation and then disavow yourself from I'm the speculation. I'm just saying it is so spicy hearing something like that. Okay, it's, well, it's so Sunday league. We love a bit of spice. Uh, um, but what have we done? We've covered Gwellup. We've covered uh, Armadale. Inglewood. Inglewood. And a new segment for you, Josh. Who let the dogzos out? Oh, you love a dogzo. Did you see this one? Oh, I don't think I have yet. Can, okay. can you give me Pause a description? It. Pause it. No, you need to see it. Pause okay. it, Kalichi. Pause but the recording. Actually, no, you know what? I'm just going to telepathically send it to you. Uh, Got it? Well, there you go. There. You have the knowledge so now. I've what did you it. think of Ryan Lowry's red card for dogzo? Denying a goal scoring opportunity for those that don't know. Yeah, it was a, that was that was a that was a pretty clear. Yeah, pretty it, but clear it was one, but it was a it, it was, was an interesting it, one for the uh, what what I really like about it is the player. Well, most players go down. Go to ground. Most yeah. players so go Nielsen, down. Nielsen doesn't go to ground, so he's got the touch over the top of Lowry. Lowry's looks like he's put a bit of an arm across him, and he sort of stepped into him because he knows he's he's gone for all money. It was a hint of a covering defender is the only other thing yeah, as well. Yeah, long way away. I think a shot's I think he's getting a shot off if he doesn't get yeah. held up there. And he and he keeps his feet. He, he tries to keep going and once he realizes the ball's going to the referee, he then turns uh, going to the goalkeeper, he then turns around to the referee and says, you know, what was that? Yeah. And the referee's on it straight away. And I think Lowry knew as well because he his response yeah, he he didn't act like a man who thought he'd been half done by. No, I I yeah, I completely agree. I I just it's very rare that you see a player not go to ground and get a red card um uh, benefit from it. That's yeah, I think I think that's credit to the referee there that he he hasn't Absolutely. let you know extraneous factors impact the decision. He's made the decision based on, on what what happened in the incident itself. Yep, very well done, Julian Serra. Good call, we believe. Sean, well, what was you up to uh, this weekend? Which game did you cover? Uh, I was the jump judge uh, for the Driandra Equestrian um, competition. So, man, there was a little bit of an issue with... Sorry, uh, what? Yeah, the, I was the jump judge. First time I debuted 
um, down in Dryandra uh, Equestrian for the for the missus who told me Saturday night. By the way, I've kind of signed you up for um, helper duty tomorrow. So, all right, I had to get up at six o'clock in the freezing cold in Dryandra and go and get a briefing uh, for what being a jump judge is, where they didn't really tell me anything. Um, but let is me tell like you, a, it's like a referee of yeah, basically. Equestrian. I have to, I have Horses. to, I would have to do Horse things referee. like have my um, uh, little walkie-talkie and say uh, rider number fifty-six. Uh, jump 18, two refusals. So, and let me tell you, there was a bit of a controversy with the setup on the 60 centimetres at jump 19. Ladies and gentlemen, we are broadening our horizons here at yeah, the Yeah, there we go. Podcast. Just want more sponsors. So if you want to peddle some equestrian uh, stuff, Horseland, if you want to... There's one free plug. You don't get any more. Or if you want to uh, sponsor our new segment about dogs. Who, who let the dogs Who let out? the dogs yeah. out? Yeah, please get we'll in get touch. Get a jingle. For, I don't know what we could possibly use as a jingle for that. The, the more sponsors we have, the better. We could even get you playing a, a track from Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, moving on, I did I did watch a little bit of the, the Armadale game. I think most of the games we've covered. Watched the Dogzo incident. Coburn, Coburn quietly having a pretty stunning week. A huge, Four huge wins and five. win for them in the Australia Cup. That was massive for that club. They're obviously not looking like they'll be able to uh, push for top four or anything this year, but Geez, what a moment. What a, what a draw coming up on Wednesday. They may have an A-League opponent coming up. So huge, huge result for them. And then uh, I'm thinking there's absolutely no way they get something against uh, a, a team that was top of the league after playing, you know, 120 minutes. And, and they have looked like they struggle for a little bit of fitness. But the three at the back worked for them uh, on that day. I didn't catch the game um, on the weekend. Just saw the highlights. But they dug it out until 87th minute and then conceded. And then you think that's it, but it get, but they've done it twice. They did it against Inglewood. They came from two goals. They went two goals down oh, in that, stoppage that time insane, earlier. Yeah. That was absolutely yeah, absolutely insane, came came back with two stoppage time goals to equalise. They've come back with another stoppage goal here to equalise. So, so anything else uh, you want to say about Coburn? But they, you do need to keep playing against them until the final whistle because they'll find a way. And they were they were viewed as potential relegation favourites at the start of the season, but they they've just proven themselves to be a dogged outfit. They've ju- got just enough quality as well to to challenge the the big boys in the competition, and and, and even that, a little bit of their depth. You know, I thought the goalkeeper did really well. I don't think so. Their regular goalkeeper, the goalkeeper did really really well uh, against Sorrento on um, on Tuesday night as well. Yep. Uh, speaking of the big boys, you were there. Florida Athena are now back on top. Kalichi, and they are the fourth. League leader in four weeks after, what did we have, Sterling? They don't want Bayswater, it, boys, to, to Red copy Star. a Sunday League euphemism. They just don't want it. And Florida, which is why I think Perth get, are now looking like, they're, they're just enjoying this, watching all these other teams above them slip up. Perth Glory's defending. <laughs> this game was shambolic. I don't know if you saw these goals. Just corners, just missing headers, uh, passing it out from the back and giving it away, uh, turning it over needlessly. Yeah, surely not what they teach them in the academy. <laughs> Absolutely oh. not what they teach it, them. The it, was, it was shocking, um, <laughs> which segues nicely into the MPLW because that NTC curtain game had s- some more pretty spectacularly bad <laughs> defending. Just uh, And, you know, they're all, they're all good footballers but on both of these teams. But we just sometimes have bad days, don't we? And NTC yeah, were ruthless. <laughs> they they finished well. I mean, a couple of those goals were gimmies. Like they were, 
Do you remember the Liverpool game where the Liverpool lost to Aston Villa, like six six two or something like that? And one of the goals was like a double. I don't remember. Sorry, sorry, seven seven was seven. Don't lop a goal. And it was and it was like a double deflection net goal. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't count that one. It was a double deflection. Like one of those. One of those things happened. One of those things happened at the weekend where a cross comes in, the goalkeeper comes out, punches it, and hits the striker off the ship and loops into the goal. Just like it's just not your day when that happens. Yep. Perth Red Star continued there. Uh, are we calling them the Impeccables? Is that what we call it if they go with a perfect record or wins? Because it's better than Invincibles, isn't it? Unimpeachable. Is, impe- is, Im- is Impeccable better than Invincible? Probably not if you're a superhero. You'd probably, probably rather probably, be Invincible. Probably the Immortals. Because you think about Mortal Kombat and like Flawless. The Flawless. No, I, I, I like the Impeccables. Like Mortal I'm Kombat sticking with it. You guys can jump. Think about it in the way you can jump on the Impeccables train with me next week if you want. Uh, Balcata Fremantle. Did anyone catch any of that? Love a finish from Tash Rigby. Tash Rigby might be my favorite player, not just because it's the fullback fraternity and the fact that she was running down the pitch and tried to cross it in and went over the goalkeeper for the goal. But just the fact that she celebrated it so hard after that, you, you got to feel for Belcati because it was like a, a real even game. It's a bit of a Tia Stonehill special there, <laughs> is it? Miss, miss hit across, score the goal, and then uh, tear yeah. away celebrating. And yeah. then do the Inzaghi. Yeah, um, or, or who was it? It was Koncheski. Koncheski in the FA Cup. Oh, Final. yeah, against, against <laughs> Liverpool, yeah. Yeah. But, you, you, like, it's it it shows that it's tough to beat the same team, like, back-to-back because Balcata had that game against them last week and, and looked absolutely convincing in that win over Fremantle. Yeah, Gale with the other goal for Fremantle and uh, Monique Godding from the spot for Balcata. Uh, we mentioned the uh, the thumping win, the NTC. That was 7-0 if we didn't say the score. Uh, and, and Perth Red Star was 2-0 against Murdoch University. Melville, just the three games there uh, in the women's. And that's probably about all we have time for. I will throw it out to the room if there's any other points, uh, additions that you want to make. Josh, your girl scored a bunch of goals. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, the Bunbury girl. Is it Bunbury? Kalgoorlie, sorry. Uh, they're all the same to me, all those country towns. Bunbury's not really. Might as well be an Albany town. girl. Bunbury's not really the bush. Uh, Yeah, Kalgoorlie, Tanika Lala, uh, up to nine goals. So even with uh, Sarah Carroll in second place in the competition, uh, impressive. I think she played one game off the bench last year as an associate player uh, with the NTC before she'd signed for a club in Kalgoorlie that year. But yeah, coming in for basically her first real season of football at the top level and pretty impressive yeah. to be awesome. doing what she's awesome doing at, at 18 years old. Awesome and even to awesome to so see well. at 13 years old was Ishkia Brooking, who um, again, getting her like full debut, I think was, was what happened to that. You know what? I won't even say that. I'm not sure it was a full debut, but I know that she played from the start. Yeah, mate, and, um, you're not Tommy she, Dolman. You not can't Tommy just Dolman. come up with yeah, stats. We don't have, we don't have Tommy cuff. here, so if. But it was a cracking, it was a cracking performance from her, um, and she got on the score sheet as well. So it's always good to see the young players coming in. Uh, Australia Cup draw, I believe Wednesday night. That's as we say, two two uh, of our very own NPL clubs. Well, there was always going to be before the before this weekend. Um, but Armidale and Coburn both awaiting. Their fate. I spoke to John O'Reilly after the game, and you want an A-League team, don't you? Is no, that... you absolutely don't. You want an away trip. Well, yeah. it's You can play an A-League team you away. You can play an you A-League team You don't want an away. A-League team. Sorry, Kalichi, you're wrong. Okay. I would, you're I, wrong. I, would, I would want an A-League team. I mean, absolutely. Like, you can... Why? Because you, you want to play against the, the, the top that you possibly you, you want play you, against. You want, you want to go another round after playing, like, the Tasmanian team, and then you play the A-League team anyway. Like... I I think 
you know, but, I, but, I, I think but the you get to play the Tasmanian is. team in Tasmania. You get to go on a massive trip and go away, and you go into it going, we've got an actual shot to win yeah, but, this. But why can't you play the victory in Melbourne? That's what you want, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Come on. I th- I think they're not, not, well, not going to play their best players, right? Oh, who cares? You that that must have been, you imagine... Um, and two, they're going to be so good, you're not going to touch the ball anyway. Can you imagine? You said they're not going to play oh, their you're, best you're, you're, you imagine, though, uh, Sorrento. They had Sydney FC over a few years ago. They played the game at uh, HPF Park, uh, yep. whatever it was called back then. Uh, James Morgan saved a penalty uh, from, I think, maybe from Shane. I can't quite remember. I think it was from Shane Smeltz. Yeah. Chris Soldaris last year, scoring against Adelaide United to... Force extra time, like that's taking them down. Yeah, those, I, are, those are the moments. That's that's what you. That's I, what I you reckon want. because you know that you you know you could go up against a really strong team from you know the Victorian League or, or the the New South Wales League or Brisbane, and you might get knocked out by one of them without having. To, I think you want John, the so he wants to an A-League team? team. Let me tell. Uh, oh, I sort of I put the words in his mouth, but he said, "Yeah, bring him on." What's he supposed to say? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, mate, we don't actually want that. No, but this, <laughs> this is, Kalichi is so competitive that if we were playing a FIFA tournament with 12-year-olds at the football centre, he would uh, he would be hoping not to get me in the draw. He'd be hoping to get little eight-year-old Jack so that he can... <laughs> so I can him, use QPR and, and use adult tyranny. And get to the final and hope that I get drawn against one of like the superstar 12-year-olds and they knock me out. That's what Kalichi's like. That's his level of That's the real quiz. <laughs> Man, I, I remember playing FIFA against this guy that I played football with, and it didn't matter which team I chose. I could go Perth Glory. I could go with the worst team in, in I don't know, the, the Chinese Super League, and he would always play as Manchester City. Yeah. There's Every ba- time. Kalichi's just, Kalichi's like that as well. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I, said, I said we're all done. Uh, any more for any more, and we rabbit it on for about another five minutes. So now, any final thoughts, Josh? I'm, I'm all done. <laughs> I think Galici. we get out of here. Galici, you want to go home? Sean, you feel a lot better now after you've had that rant? Oh, it's, uh, honestly, it's just nice to talk about football. And if dickheads can stop punching referees, we can talk about football every week. Can you say that again, please? Uh, it's nice talking about football. And if dickheads can stop punching referees, then uh, are you going to leave both of those in? No, I'm going to need to. one that you beeped I'm going to need to just do this. Give us a second. So that I can use it later on and uh, edit your your all my other swearing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us, everyone. It's been uh, yeah, an angry and emotional, and uh, in the end, a bit of fun episode of the Perth Football Podcast with the greatest man, Josh. See you later, Kalichi. How do you follow up the greatest man? And me, I don't know. I try and do it every time. Goodbye, everyone. Enjoy your week. See you next week. Bye 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 bye.